Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. All right, so in this episode of Too Fit to Be Tied, we are talking about a very interesting video that you sent me, and it is called Your Reality. It's an award-winning film on gaslighting by, I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly, Tatiana Anders. Does that look right? I think that looks right. Okay, all right. Good job. All right, I, I do my best. So so in this film, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I mean, I think people should... Watch it. It's pretty. It's almost eye-opening. like a short film. Yeah, on Very 15, 20 minutes maybe. Yeah, about the and it goes through this this woman's relationship. She meets this guy, and um, well, I, we should talk about we should. I know we talked about this before, but we should mm-hmm. touch on it again. What gaslighting is? Yes, we should. So gaslighting is a form of uh, manipulation, and it occurs in abusive relationships. Typically, it's a covert type of emotional abuse where the abuser misleads the target, creating this false story and making them question their judgment and reality. Um, Usually, like, the victim feels like their perception of the world is uh, unstable and they wonder if they're losing their mind or their sanity. It happens in romantic relationships, but it also can happen in sort of controlling friendships or uh, with family members as well. Definitely um, seen when it comes to mental health disorders, narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, you know, the things that we're experts at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, those things. Uh, it is used to exert power over others in order to manipulate um, the victim. So it's this technique that a gaslighter uses to undermine a person's perception of reality. So when someone is gaslighting you, you might second-guess yourself. Uh, You might second-guess your memories or recent events, your perception, causing you to feel dazed and wondering if something's wrong with you. Um, You might actually be encouraged to think that you're actually to blame for something or that you're just being too sensitive. Uh, if, If you are confused and feel dazed, you can question your judgment, your memory, your self-worth, your overall mental health. Um, so, well, You know where else gaslighting takes place? I, I see it quite a bit because I'm mm-hmm. kind of a news junkie. Oh, where? Politicians. Yeah, it's true. Well, they I mean, lying to you, discrediting you, distracting you, um, minimizing your thoughts and your feelings, shifting blame, denying wrongdoing, using compassionate words as weapons, rewriting history— uh, so that's kind of, um, you're right. Yeah. Well, part and, of it. You know, you know that, and we were talking about this earlier, and one of the things, like you said, people will say sometimes, oh, well, well that would never happen to me. People and, think that when they hear about this, like, well, tch, I mean, I, I know when somebody's lying to me, that would never happen to me. But I think it's different when you're inside of it. It's that oh, thing sure. of not being able to see the forest for the trees. And one of the things I think that 
makes people susceptible is that you think to yourself, well, you don't think to yourself. You, you don't think that somebody would do that. No, not and so. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you yourself would not do that. So you say, well, why would somebody just out and out lie to me? Someone you trust someone or you tr- someone you trust and you love? Yeah. And interestingly, in, in this film, uh, the way it starts, um, uh, a woman's at a coffee shop. She's getting ready for a meeting. Uh, she orders these coffees, has forgotten her wallet, and this guy offers to pay. Mm-hmm. So he starts out by building this, this trust. You know, he's, he's helped her out. And it, it sort of goes from there, and you see how he is in this relationship. Now, I mean, I guess we could do another episode on why he, he is the way he is. But he starts out, he's constantly lying to her. Like, well, the oh, moment he meets her for that date, for the date, he invites her over, and he already blames her and tells her she's late. Right. And she thought she just misunderstood the time, and she apologized. And so the moment she walked in the door, he already started with the blame. Now, in a relationship, you would never think, I would never think you're going to invite me over for a first date, and you're just going to start shifting blame. Right. So you think, oh, well, I must have messed up the time. There must be miscommunication. Okay. And as the viewer, you're watching this and you're like, well, okay, maybe she did screw up. I mean, she already mm-hmm. forgot her wallet. So right. maybe she did screw up the time. So you're already like, okay. But but as it goes on, you know, he, and, and the, the whole thing, I mean, you know, he starts from the beginning and that that first uh, interaction with, with her supposedly showing up late for dinner um, he's breaking her down. Mm-hmm. He's like gradually, like just like bit by bit breaking her down. Did, uh, did you notice how he mentioned the time that she forgot the wallet? Yes. In the conversation? It yeah. was almost like very subtly letting her know that she's spacey or that she's, you know. Yes. Like he helped her. He made sure to make her know that, remember, I helped you in Re- the Remember, shop. I helped you. And remember... This is how you are. Mm-hmm. So yes. you probably did this other thing. You you broke my watch. Well, yes. At one point, remember. I think they're living together, and then yeah. she break. Yeah, she breaks, or he says he, she he accuses cleaning. her mm-hmm. of breaking the watch. Right. And you know, you see all these things. He's just gradually, you know, breaking her down. And and I I don't know if you. I'm sort of jumping ahead to the end when her friend is on the phone, or she's trying to call her friend, and her friend actually hears um, an interaction between the two of them. Now, when we see the interaction from her point of view, it looks very different than what the friend heard on the phone. Correct. So they portray what, they portray the argument that, that these two had, okay? Mm-hmm. And so you see it as, as it's happening in real time, or at least you think it's real time. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting in an argument she, I think, is drinking, and of course, he is telling her she drinks too much. Um, she had, I think, one, you know, one glass or whatever, and she had a rough. I think she got fired from work, so she had a rough day. And mm-hmm. so he comes in, and you see her drink the glass. You see her accidentally drop. I think drop the glass, and then she, she her hand is all cut. Mm-hmm. And so he takes her, and you know, is trying to help her. And you think that that is what happened. And you're like, oh well, she drank too much. Well, the friend is on the phone. Well, well the, she's calling the friend, and the friend doesn't pick up, but it goes to voicemail. Mm-hmm. She didn't 
actually hang the phone up when she was calling her friends. So her, the voicemail is the actual interaction between her and her, her boyfriend. boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And in that interaction, I mean, there's like way more. The story is completely different. It's completely different. Because I mean, there's way more rea- emotion. That's the actual reality. What really happened was what the phone overheard, right. not what we watched as the viewer. We watched it from her perspective. Which was scary because the the actual voicemail was way worse. I mean, there was physical abuse there. There mm-hmm. was, you know, way more emotional abuse. I mean, Verbal it was just, abuse by, yeah. by him yeah. to her. And so she never ended up actually dropping the wine glass. He ended up physically, hurt, you know, hurting her. And you see at the end of this interaction— she is just dazed and confused. Right, which is what you said when you were talking about your definition of gaslighting, you start to question your reality. I can't tell you how many times I have, well, now, you know, now that we do this, this podcast, and of course, I, working in, you know, the, the fitness studio that we work at, um, I get a lot of people that are like, hey, I, can I talk to you on the side? Like, I want to talk to you about my problem with, you know, in my relationship. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of times people confide in me because of this podcast or we get messages from people. And I can't tell you, it is, the, the gaslight scenario is so strong. Like, people are, they will tell me their story. They know it's wrong. They know that they're being mistreated, but there's always that, but... If I did this, or but I did say that, or and I know this because it, this used to be me, and now mm-hmm. that I'm on the outside, I'm like, hello, like, do you not see that this is not you? That you can't control somebody else's emotions or somebody else's behavior. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, when you're in it, you think you can. You think if you just did this right, or if you just didn't, you know, this girl in particular, if maybe she just didn't drink at all. Maybe he wouldn't get angry. Maybe he wouldn't behave this way. You know, if she was just more cautious and, you know, paid more attention and, uh, you know, wasn't as flighty or forgetful, maybe he wouldn't blame me. Maybe I wouldn't have broken his watch, quote unquote, mm-hmm. so he says. You know, you do blame yourself. And it's so, it's so gradual. It doesn't come on. Like, they, like we said before, do you remember when we were talking about maid? And oh, right. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't start off. It doesn't start off terrible. It starts off, he's helping her. He invited her over for dinner, you know, right. and then asked her to, to move in with him. I mean, there's all, these, there's all these nice things. And then there's something in, I, I imagine, there's something in her that says, well, he must really care about me. I guess I did break the watch. Right. Like maybe I am drinking too much. You know, maybe, maybe he is right about these things. Right. You know, it's funny. I th- this makes me think about my mother when— when I was younger, she would, uh, I would wear something and she would be like, you know, that's not flattering. You don't, that, that makes, that makes your ass look huge. And I'd be like, okay. And she'd be like, well, mm-hmm. if I don't tell you who's going, who's going to. And oh. for some reason. <laughs> I'm helping you. It's like, well, she. I you, just insulted you, yes, but I'm helping. In a way you're like, well, she is, she is helping. She, she, she made sure to cover herself by saying she was helping. And in some way, because if she's my mother, you think she has good intention. Why wouldn't she have good intent behind trying to help me, her daughter? And so you, know, you accept it. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, you're right. If you don't tell me who is going to. So, so here's a question. Do you think that there's a certain type of person or certain type of personality that is more susceptible to gaslighting? 
I do. And I think we've covered a lot of what that looks like. I think it's people who have had, you know, parents that have done that because it seems normal. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's also that we've talked about religious backgrounds. I think that if you are taught to be grateful and to have gratitude and always treat people with kindness and give people the benefit of the doubt, you tend to look past some of those quote unquote red flags. And I mean, we've come up with many other, and you know, there are sometimes that you want, you sometimes you want someone to care, to care enough. And so some of those controlling type behaviors can look like care and love. And then you really look into it and realize that that's not what the intent behind it is. Right. Well, and then, and then I think there's a part of it too, where you go, you tend to think people are like you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you would never do that. You would never tell somebody something that's demonstrably false right. to, to, you know, to gain some sort of, you know, uh, power over them. Mm-hmm. So why would somebody do that? I think that's, you, you know, you bring up politics. I struggle with, with, I do struggle a lot because I'm like, why would someone do that? Why would someone say that? Why wouldn't they mean what they say? I, and I am, you can call it naive, but I believe that everybody is intrinsically good. And so all, yeah, even mm-hmm. after all I've been through, if you've listened to this podcast and you uh-huh. have seen, you've heard some of the stuff that I've been through, I sometimes am shocked. Like, how can I still believe people are good? But that is my belief. And mm-hmm. so I do, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, why would they do that? Yeah. I would never do that. It's just like you you told me earlier. Imagine you hear on the news someone's robbing a bank. Yeah, it's like who who I I can't imagine. I can't wrap my mind around. You're like they must be bank. sick. They must be they must be. Yeah. Mentally off because I mean, who would do that? I mean, and I think I sort of I I think people are. Everyone at their core is good. And when you do something, I don't know, that we call bad or, or evil, there's something that got you to that point. I don't think everyone is good, mm-hmm. but at, everyone's actions aren't good. I'll say it that way. Okay. Right. You know, and there's, but, you know, I think at, at, I think at everyone's core, I think we are all good. We are all good intrinsically, but we just do make bad choices. That's what yeah. you believe. Yeah. Okay. Do you... I mean, do you think, like, a serial killer is good? Do you think that they are good and just making bad choices? You know, I think there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, so wrap some, your head around that one. Something got you to that point. If you're, like, a, a psychopath, you know, there, there, there are things in your brain that are not operating correctly, so you don't do that terrible thing, and you don't feel any remorse for it. Mm-hmm. There, there's something, something's off there. I believe that the the brain wiring is off. I mean, I think yes. I don't I mean I get may, this might be getting a little too off track or too, but I think at our core, you know, and I, I mean I, I believe we have, I don't know, spirit. You know, I'm not a religious person, but you know, but I believe we all have a spirit or a soul or I don't know or an internal essence, something that makes you you aside from just your physical, you know, body. And I think that thing in and of itself is good. But that piece that then you know, operates the human body. If the if the if that that spirit is giving life to that body, and that body's got some weird wiring that makes you a psychopath, then you're, you're going to do some bad things. Or okay, I think that in the same respect, somebody who has a very toxic personality or 
has borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. I think those people have something very off. Their wiring is off. Mm-hmm. And there is this intrinsic need to control and to manipulate and to have that power. And I don't think they feel bad about it. To be honest with you, I think many times they believe they're, they're rewriting history. I think they believe it. Sometimes it's, it's an attempt to, to escape shame. You know, right. I mean, you know, narcissists at their core, they don't feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, they may do some things. They may be self-centered. But at their core, if you felt good about yourself, your actions would not be those things that have negative consequences. Right. So, you know, I always, I've read this book to my son. It's, a, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I can't remember, cannot remember the name of it, but it is about a little boy who's got this bucket. Mm-hmm. And the bucket, he goes around and if, if, you, if you fill other people's buckets, your bucket is, you know, full. If you take from someone's bucket, you know what I mean? Like now your, bu- your bucket starts to empty. And so it's this concept of everybody's walking around with a bucket and we're trying mm-hmm. to just fill each other's buckets, right? And some people just steal from your bucket to fill their own. And I always <laughs> oh. and I'm always like using this concept with him. But it it reminds me of like these let's let's use let's use our exes, right? Mm-hmm. Their buckets have this gaping fucking hole <laughs> and they're just constantly taking from other people's buckets and trying to fill, and it mm-hmm. just keeps, it's an endless, you know, yeah, it's an, you it's an you endless gaping it. hole. So you, yeah, you're going to. You're going to do some things that other people aren't going to do to try mm-hmm. to get your bucket to just be full, you know? Right. Wait, so I, so I, we got to back up a little yeah. bit. So we ex- explain this bucket. So I, so I have a bucket. You have a bucket and I have a bucket. Okay, so I take things out of my bucket and I put them into yours. Yeah, and it fill, and then your bucket like like magically of, refills. Magically refills. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a great concept. Okay. I'm, okay. You know what? I got to see if I could find the name of this so we can tell the audience because if you have kids out there, it's such a great book. Anyways, that is, I think, a really great way to teach. Uh, oh, here you go. Have you filled? This is such a great book. I'll bring it to you. Okay. I'll let you read it. I'll have, to, I'll have to borrow so, it from So they're side. magic buckets. Well, yeah, they're not real buckets, Jerome. They're, you know, in, they're... Well, you said the little boy has a bucket. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, eh, that was a metaphor. So there's not actually a bucket? There's not a real bucket, okay? It's called, oh. Have You Filled a Bucket Today? Oh. A Guide to Daily Happiness for Kids. You said he had a bucket. Well, yeah, he has a bucket, but that's a metaphor. He doesn't okay. actually... I mean, you know, we don't actually all have buckets. Okay. I'm, I mean, but so are there illustrations in the book? It's invisible, isn't it? Yes, there's illustrations. Oh, okay. It's an invisible bucket showing children how easy and rewarding it is to express kindness, appreciation, and love by filling buckets. Now, what they don't tell you in this book is that some people have a bucket that's never going to be full, and they're just going to be stealing from your bucket. Yeah, because something's wrong with it. Because there's a wiring issue. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. All right, so... um, and so one of the other um, interesting things about this is you, you look at it and you see a couple of different perspectives. You see, I think mostly we see from her perspective, and then you see from real perspective, I guess sort of the truth, mm-hmm. what's really happening. And, and those two things are different. And I think it's, it might be helpful for people to watch the people that say, well, oh, well, that would never happen to me. Right. You know. Because maybe it has, and you don't even realize Maybe that. it has, and, and you don't. I mean, even, even if you haven't been gaslighted in a, in a relationship— you might have been gaslighted by that that politician. Mm. You might have been gaslighted by those diet pills you bought that promised you you were going to lose twenty <laughs> pounds. <laughs> and 
you know, I mean, the ones that say, I, I, I don't know, this, I, I, I kind of laugh, but I think it's like, you know, pretty clever. You know, they have, they've got these diet pills and they go, you know, these are the, the best diet pills. And just a word of caution, if you're just looking to lose five or 10 pounds, these pills aren't for you. These are for people that are really serious uh-huh. about their weight loss. So you're like, holy shit, these things really work. Right. You know, if, right. if it's, if it's too much for like five or 10 pounds, oh my God, this, th- these are the ones that are going to work. That's, that is great marketing. It is. Yeah, I mean it's. Oh, I'm that's gonna try that. Hit it, fitness. If you don't want, if you, <laughs> if, you if you're worried about, you know, yeah, you, you might lose too much weight. Right. If you're losing. <laughs> that's my new you slogan. Want, you don't want to hit it, fitness. <laughs> you might lose too much weight. You might, you know, then you got to back caution. off. You, caution. Warning. You back, yeah, I mean it's gaslighting. You know, politicians say things that are demonstrably false. You know, and if and if you're not someone who is willing to do some research, you go, oh well, why would that person lie to me? Right. Sometimes you really don't know, though, that you're being lied to until it all comes to fruition. It takes us sometimes a while. You can't just all of a sudden, and I, I mean, I just know this from being in it. You're not like, oh, gaslight, guess, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very slow process. Well, well if, if, you're not, if you're not believing it and you're not questioning your reality, then you're not being gaslighted. Correct. You know, and, and, and we may have touched on this before, but gaslight was the name of a movie, this old movie where this guy was, um, you know, he's trying to, I, I can't quite remember, but he was trying to do something shady. Mm-hmm. And there were gaslights on the walls. And every time he would be in the house looking for something, the gaslights would flicker. And his wife would go, well, the, the lights are flickering. He's like, no, they're not. You know? <laughs> so he would lie to her, uh-huh. you know, and make her think that she was crazy. And that's where, that's where the term gaslight comes from. I think we talked about how um, I always say to people, if you have to, if you have to record the fights that you're having with the, your significant other because you're concerned that you're not remembering things, that's mm-hmm. a very big uh, red flag and sign of the fact that you might be being gaslit. Is that the right terminology? You might be gaslit. Gaslighted. Gaslighted or gaslit? I mean, in, in, I mean, the English it should be gaslit. But it might be gaslighted. Yeah, I don't since, know. But since gaslight is the term, you might be gaslighted. You might, you be, might right. be gaslighted. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to fact check that one. But yes, you it's might one be of the two. involved in some form of gaslighting. Yeah, so, right. You might be involved in some form of gaslighting. So I can tell you a couple okay. of uh, situations. Okay. Oh, and I only remember this in hindsight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we we know boyfriend number one um, after. Uh, I was married. Um, I was sort of manipulated into a relationship. Okay, uh, and, and for more information on boyfriend one or BF one, I think as we called it, you may have to go back to some of our. Yeah, I think episode like first. two, three, four. You'll hit okay. BF one. Um, so BF one was uh, he. We started this relationship under very false pretenses. You know, he told me that he was had always been. You know always had this huge crush on me. And, you know, I, looking back, I don't think any of it was true. Okay. So I was just a vulnerable, you know, divorced woman that was like his uh, sort of, this is who he's sort of. <laughs> you, were, you were easy pickings. I was an easy, I was an easy choice. It's true. But this is what he went for. You know, this is who he sort of preyed upon. So that was, that's the backstory. All right. So I remember at one point he, um, he at, he really wanted me to be involved with his kids. You know, like, I really want you to, like, help out. And, you know, I don't have any help. And poor me. And so he, at one point, 
you know, his daughter was taking a shower and he was like, is there any way, you know, we were already dating at this point. And, you know, he's like, I, I just need help. You know, I have two kids, poor me. He played this whole poor me. I'm like, let me go help up, help. So I go in there. She has really long hair. And I'm like, let me help you. So before she gets in the shower, I brush her hair. She gets in and he comes, he comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, brushing your hair? Like you asked me to help you. And he's like, that's not how we do it. And he's like, he literally is like, get out of the way. And he gets in and he starts like, we brush her hair after. And I'm like, what the hell's the difference, right? So I'm just dumbfounded. Well, one, what's the difference? But also, does it require that level of intensity? Correct. He could have easily just said, you know, she likes it better or, you know, it's it works better for her if we brush her hair after. Right. The, so the she shower. seemed fine with the, I mean, okay. granted, I'm also a woman and I know hair. Okay. okay. I, I mean, okay. he's also bald. So I'm not sure <laughs> quite your expert level of expertise right. on women's hair. But yeah. I think, I mean, out of the two of us, yeah. pretty sure I, you know. Yeah, your hair went away. I take the cake. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you're, you're not. so whatever you did didn't yeah. work. Exactly. All right. So anyways, it, I'm like, okay, I need to bring this up. So, you know, he he does the, you know, helps her with her hair or whatever. Okay. And I look at him and I say, what the hell was that all about? And he's like, well, what? I said, why did you, why did you get mad at me for the way I just, the, for the way I helped you? I was helping you, mm-hmm. you know, I was helping her. She seemed fine with it. And he told me, I was just worried for you. I didn't want her to have a breakdown because you were doing things differently than she's used to. She was probably afraid to tell you she didn't want her hair brushed. And that's how we do it. So I was trying to save you from, you know, having to deal with a, a meltdown. From creating the, that, from having a, uh, at the beginning of this relationship with the kid, mm-hmm. from having that be a bad thing. Correct. And I, okay. I, it always stuck with me because I'm like, she was totally fine with it. Like, I have no idea where that came from. So, you know, you wash that away. Like, all right, mm-hmm. that must, that misunderstanding. Maybe he was trying to help. Maybe this mm-hmm. was just a one-off, right? This is not happening all the time. No. And I'm like, okay. And, and this is like, am I going to make a big deal out of somebody's hair? Like, come on. Yeah. You know, like this is ridiculous. So I, I, I leave it. The next situation, I mean, and there are so many more. These are just things that I can remember. You know, I remember him um, every time I would, every time I would go to his house, it was dinner or whatever. He would greet me with a drink always. Uh, it, he knew I liked bourbon I mean, I would have one foot in the door and he would be like, here you go. I made you a drink. Wow. Like just serving me like a butler, like literally. Yeah. And I'm had, like. Had your slippers or rolled <laughs> in, a, in a bourbon. I'm like, shit, I could get, I, I could get used to this. Like yeah. this, I like this, you know, I, mm-hmm. I like being served. <laughs> and, but then time starts to progress. And as he's serving me a drink, every time I walk in the door or like trying to fill it up and I'm like, I'm good. Like I really don't need Mm-hmm. I'm good. He would be like, no, no, you had a hard day. Drink this. But then it started to come out where oh, he it's, thought. it's easier to gaslight you when you got a buzz. Well, that, yes, that's true. But it's also easier to shift blame and tell you that you drink that. Mm, I think like you, I think you might drink a little too much. Wow. And he's pouring the drink. And I'm literally like, no, thank you. And he's yeah. still pouring like, no, no, no. You had a hard day here. Drink this. So like you see this, what they say, and this is a lot of gaslighting, mm-hmm. what they say and the way they behave are two t- different things. Yeah. So here I am, have a drink. No, you've had a hard day, but I'm going to make sure I tell you later on that you drink, that I think you drink too much. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy making behavior. 
and you're so, questioning your correct the reality. Correct. Do I drink too much? And then I'm like, wow. Well, maybe I'm. Maybe I did ask for more. Maybe I. You know, you start to think mm-hmm. that it's you. Because why would somebody because, say that? Why would exactly? And that is why would somebody say that? This person that you know or you think you know, why would they do that? Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, because your wiring's not damaged like theirs is. Correct. And so you can't quite wrap your mind around that behavior. And, and they do it in such a timely way. I mean, it isn't like, here's a drink, you drink too much. It's all done in a very subtle manner mm-hmm. so that you can, it, it just creates this very odd um, dis, like disconnect. You just can't understand, well, sometimes they think this, sometimes they don't. It just, you can't comprehend it. Right. So the next instance that I can remember is I remember he would tell me what a great mother I was. I mean, this is when we first started, you know, dating. And you're just, you're a great mother. And I, I wish my kids, you know, had a mother like you and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It ends up, but he would tell me, you know, you're, you're not raising, you don't know how to raise a boy. You know, you're not doing it right. You need to do this and you need to toughen him up and you need to do that. And it was like, but I, it was very confusing. Like, well, I thought you thought I was a great mother, but now you're telling me that I'm raising my son wrong. Yeah. You know, so there was this, also this dynamic that would happen often. Um, and I think a lot of it, looking back, when you're good, you're good. Right? Yeah. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. When you're not good or someone is upset with you or doesn't like something you did, you're not good. And now you're not a good mother. You are a good mother, but then I'm going to pick on some of the things you do to make myself feel better. Yeah, which is which is an issue. I believe it's called object constancy. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, is the behavior of basically a toddler or like a four-year-old. Yes. Where you can't say, well, I... I don't care for that thing you did, but I still know you as a person and I, I have this opinion of you. Your the opinion shifts depending on whether you know the the last thing they thought about you. Right. That's a problem. Right. That's faulty wiring. That is Something. faulty wiring. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. So the last thing, and this it reminded me of it. I didn't think about this until I watched that video with Tatiana. I remember leaving his garage one day. He wanted me to pull in. I pulled into his garage. He wa- I was leaving. And, you know, it was like, a, you know, you click the button and I go to exit. And then I click the button to close the, I had a garage controller. I went to close the door mm-hmm. and it wouldn't close. So I just pressed it another time. It still didn't close. I'm like, okay, what's going on? I pressed it the third time. And I, he comes running out like a bat out of hell. And he was like, oh, my God, you <laughs> broke my garage. And I was like, I, what? I just, like, something got stuck. Mm-hmm. Maybe when the car, you know, pulled out, something must have, like, a kid's toy or something came out, mm-hmm. got stuck, and it bent the, somehow it bent, like, part of the garage, okay? okay. Now, I didn't know. I, was, I wasn't purposely, like, hitting the garage on top of yeah. something. I had no idea what's going on. And so I heard about this garage. I'm not kidding you for, like, four months straight, how I broke his garage. He needs to get it fixed. How much it's going to cost. I'm like, dude, do you want the money? Like, I will just pay for it if you'd stop talking about it. Yeah. And, but, but I was also really irritated because if anybody else left the house, that same thing could have easily happened. Right. It's not like you, it's not like your actions caused the the door to break. Correct. It just would have happened 
regardless. So now I'm afraid to even drink out of a coffee mug for fear that, God forbid, I it breaks or, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't want to be held liable for any of these things in this house because mm-hmm. now I see how you are. Yeah. You know, and that was honestly one of the biggest telling, like, this is so fascinating to me how somebody can blame you for something that is you didn't do purposely, you mm-hmm. know? And it really reminded me of that when I was watching this video. So those were the, I mean, these are four instances out of, I'm sure. Well, didn't you tell me, um, am I making this up? Yeah. Like, take all the room you want in my closet. Oh, yes. I did tell you that. And. Yes. He, um, so he was giving me space in his closet and he said, take, you know what? Move my stuff out. I'll move all of my stuff into a different room. You can, you can take over whatever you want. Um, you can have my closet. And I'm like, well, are, and, and I'm like, no, okay. So I, I moved a couple things in there. And actually, his stuff was kind of in my way. So I was like, I'm just going to move it over here. I, like, he told me, take it all out. Mm-hmm. So I, like, moved it over just a little. I heard about that. Let me tell you. Not the same day. Yeah. But weeks later, it was, well, I mean, you, you know, you go and you rearrange all my stuff. I'm like, rearrange your stuff? You told me I could have the whole closet if I wanted. Yeah. And he was, I mean, I heard about it in many, many instances. Very, it was almost very nonchalant, but it was, ma- it was, it was subtly told to me that he did not like that I did something that he actually told me was okay to do. And that right there, boom, yeah. definition of gaslighting. So, so obviously the first several times this happens, you're not, you're not thinking anything. Correct. You're, yeah, you're trying right. to figure out, did I get it wrong? What like, it, did what he is, say that? Maybe I made that like up. What is it like when you start to figure out that, hmm. Things aren't adding up. Things aren't adding up. You start to see a pattern. And rem- now, mind you, I think I lasted only a year with this guy because I knew what this pattern was. I've seen it before. Okay. So my ex-husband was, was that, is that, very okay. much. And so once I started to see that pattern, I knew exactly where this was going. And mm-hmm. this was still a new, you know, we're a year in. So okay. what's three years going to look like? What's five years? What's 10 years? I know what that's going to look like because I lived I've it. I've been there. I, and so I, I was smarter. You know, I'm like, okay. I'm, I left. Um, I think when you're first experiencing this, this is your first relationship, so to speak, um, and you're in it and you've committed and you're trying to wrap your brain around it, you, you think to yourself, this is insane. I'm not going to fight over, you know, the garage, I'm not mm-hmm. going to fight over your daughter's hair. I mean, these are tr- these seem like trivial arguments. And so sometimes you just, you drop it and you think, okay, but then the next one comes up and then yeah. the next thing comes up and you start to see this inconsist- inconsistency and you start to then, I mean, in my, you know, marriage, I started vi- videotaping fights because I'm like, I just, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around you know what happened? Here. What happened, or what he would say? You know, he would rewrite history a lot of times, and mm-hmm. he'd say, "Well, you said this when we were arguing," and I'm like, "I didn't think I even spoke." And sure enough, when I would video, when I would record fights, I'm like, "No, I'm right." Now, did you notice an increase in the instances of gaslighting over the course oh, yeah. of the relationship? Yeah, they start. So they start to kind of, and then they start ramping up, and okay. then you start to see the mask, as we call it, the mask starts to come off. Okay. And they start to get more controlling and they start to get more, um, you know, their, ne- their sort of negativity starts to come out a little bit more. Have they, as they, after they've established some level of control. Right. Now they can. Right. 
well, let this, the take the mask off a little bit. Yes. And this man specifically is, has been in and out of, I mean, relationship after relationship. I mean, relationships on top of relationships. He is just trying to get somebody to commit. He is trying to get a ring on somebody's finger. And that was actually a bone of contention. I said, I didn't want to ever get married again. And he was adamant about marriage. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing it. Like never going to happen. You can have a fake wedding. I could have a, a fake wedding. A fetting. A fetting. A fetting, yes. Where it's yeah. just a commitment ceremony, not a legal thing. And he did not want that. He was adamant about it. And he would tell me it's because he's old school and, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And you have to take my last name. And I was like, whoa, I don't even know. Wait, now you want? Well, no, no, no. None of that's happening. Yeah. And now I realize this is why. He needed, he needed to do that. He needs this control because then he can fully let go and be who he is, who is, you know, a manipulative, controlling um, narcissist. I mean, I, I've, I know his history, and I've seen what has happened since my relationship with him, and it is so, so scary. I believe wholeheartedly I dodged a bullet. Wow. And I You're- don't even know— I don't even know what to make of that relationship because all some most of it was just so fabricated. You you believed it. You bought into it. Oh, of course I bought into it. Yeah. Yes, I bought into it. And and I think that's another part of it. You know, emotionally you can get connected, and that on some level makes you want to trust someone a little bit more. Right. But, you know, and especially if they've presented you with this this false image of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you get emotionally connected. You want to believe that that is what they are. And then at the point where it starts to not add up, you start to question things. And then you, initially you wonder if it's you before you go, oh no, this is, (laughs) they're they're lying to me. Mm -hmm. You know, what would be be interesting is if we could talk to another person who had, you said this guy's been in in and out of a lot of different- Like 17 relationships. I'm sure we could pull one of the, actually one of the women- was um, she was engaged, but I think it only lasted like 10 days. I wish we could find, you know what? I'm going to work on finding her. Okay. That I'm would... going to see if she wants to be a guest. There are so many women out there that could possibly attest to this and be, you know, be one of our guests. And if we could find one, that would be awesome. That would be like the, because then we could compare notes. Maybe we'll do some digging. Digging. Um, we're going to do some digging. I'm going to do some investigative work. And try to find, try to find some. Wow. How can they find this video? What's the, what is the, um, do we know where they can find it? Or it's, just... it's on YouTube. Okay. It's called Your Reality, and it's a, a film on gaslighting by Tatiana Anders. And um, I, I, think it's, I think it's worth a watch. I think I it's mean, brilliant. Wh- whether you've been through this, because then you'll go, oh, I get it. Or if, you're, if you have questions about it, you'll be able to see it from, from a different perspective. Yeah. Because, you know, people will a lot of times think, well, oh, well, how could you fall for that? You know, nobody wants to fall for that. I mean, so, it doesn't mean you're so, weak. It does, you're stupid. It doesn't. No, you're naive. Maybe a little naive, but <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no victim blaming here. Like if you're a really good person, you, f- you feel like that's something that you would never do. It's so it's, it's hard for you to wrap your mind around someone else doing that to you, someone that you have trusted and someone that you've got this emotional connection with. You go, you just can't wrap your mind around someone doing that. I say all that to say that, that it would be interesting for people who go, well, oh, well, that would never happen to me, or I could never see how that could happen. Let me ask you this question, Jerome. Do you think that if you knew about, I mean, truly knew, like the way we know about gaslighting and about, you know, um, 
narcissism and about all the tactics, the love bombing that they use. And do, do you think that maybe you would have not gotten into some of those relationships because you were more educated? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think in some, in some ways, I mean, you talk about the universe mm -hmm. sending you lessons mm -hmm. and it's like, if you don't get it, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to send you a little bit harder lesson yeah. until you get to the point where you start to, you know, say, oh, shit, I got to sit down and, 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 and look at things. Right. And, and look at, you know, some of these things that all the things you just talked about, but then also look at things in myself that made me more susceptible to that. Right. You know, so there's like a whole like self-awareness, education, a lot of things that, that went into that. And yeah, had I, had I known a lot of these things, had I even been a little bit more open, you know, with my friends and family with some of these mm -hmm. things that, you know, this, this happened, you know, somebody would have said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and, right. And, and again, that's not, I'm not saying that's not victim blaming. I'm not saying people should blame themselves, but for me, there were some th things I have to, had to look at in myself. Yeah. So if I had known all these things, yeah, it, yeah. Been completely different. We should teach this in like schools. Wow. We could prevent so many people from so much heartache. That's true. Forget about HOMAC or whatever it is they call it. Forget about even handwriting. You don't need to learn that. You need to learn about personality disorders, people. Well, or, or just, or just you know, red flags and relationships. Yeah. I mean, but one of the things, you, as you mentioned that, my, my first thought is until you get to the point where you need to know those things, you don't know you need to know it's them. It's true. Would you even sign up for a course like that? Would you go? I mean, unless it was a required course in in school, right? But if if some if somebody said, "Hey, let's come, you know come learn about these things," you go, "I don't I don't need that. I'm fine." I'm going to tell you something else. Okay. There are times that you are in relationships and you don't want to hear that. You don't want to see or hear that you're being love bombed. You don't want to see or hear that you're being gaslighted. Okay. <laughs> so hard for or me to say lit. that. Or gaslit. I don't know the right term. Or gassed. Gassed. <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to hear that this relationship is abusive because it feels good. And yeah. you want to stick your head in the sand mm -hmm. until you come to the realization, until these things eat at you and you finally wake up one day and you're like, what the hell is going on? And I want answers. Yeah. So I agree with you in that I think I would have maybe... Um, if I, th in my, in my brain, if I would have known this stuff intellectually, I may have made different choices, mm -hmm. but I cannot guarantee that because I think a lot of us work on an emotional level. Like this feels good. This seems good. I don't even know this is happening to me until so, you wake up. Sometimes I don't want to be alone. And, and I mean, and, and this person is lying to me, but at the same time, if, if I'm not with them, then I'm going to be by myself and that's tough. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, hey, you got to. You know, be by yourself for a little bit. Yes. All right. So, I don't know. Anything else? I'd rather shit. I'd rather be by myself. <laughs> Fuck gaslighting. That's that's really a new hashtag. Fuck gaslighting. There you go. Forty-five minutes. I know. I don't know how we come up with this shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. So, anything else? I think we should probably end it there. I think and then, we're done. In the meantime, we're gonna look for for someone else that's dated. We're this gonna dude go digging. That, yeah. And um, so, for two fit to be tied, I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.